home of the 76ers. Oh, yeah! A right-hand jam! WENJ, WENJ HD Millville, Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Uh, we're getting closer to the NFL season starting tomorrow night. You'll hear the Chiefs and Texans right here on 97.3 ESPN this Sunday. It's Eagles in Washington. We got the coverage for you all day today. We got plenty to dive into. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there. What's up, everybody? So there's a lot of places we can begin today's show. There's a lot of news coming out of Eagles uh, practice today, getting ready for Washington. We've got uh, Phillies splitting the double dip last night. We also have a new name on the coaching front floating around the 76ers. I mentioned that name about a week or two ago. I got blasted as if like there was no way that Billy Donovan was going to be available. And now he's available. And last night, Twitter was exploding. Every Sixer fan out there now wants Billy Donovan to be the head coach of the 76ers. How does that make you feel? Not so much the reaction, but so much if they were to hire him, does that make you feel good about the organization? Uh, I, I, I don't I, look. I'm not excited about Ty Lue. I'm not excited about Billy Donovan. I mean, I mean, most people out there know my feeling about basketball coaches. I don't think there's a guy that is available that is going to really change the complexion of this team. I think the next guy they hire, people out there are going to bitch, moan, and complain about. If you watch basketball enough. Nate McMillan, that's a really good team. He got them pretty far. He got the most out of them. He got out coached a lot. He got he made he got quote unquote out coached a lot. Nate McMillan. A lot of NBA coaches are just good coaches. There's not a lot of great NBA coaches. You know why? There's not a lot of great NBA players. There's just a handful of really great NBA players, and those players make coaches look really good or really bad. So I don't know that Billy Donovan is going to make this team. Look, this guy won 50 games once. Once. Brett Brown has won 50 games twice. Billy Donovan has won 50 games once. Well, the counter argument to that is the difference in talent on the roster, right? Uh, Kevin Durant stinks. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, you know, Having I'm Kevin saying Durant more, was... <laughs> more towards the back end here. Kevin Kevin Durant was no fun uh, with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, God forbid you had those two. I mean, they won 49 games. They won 48 games. I mean, they were right there on the precipice. I well, mean, I remember, and they played in the Western Conference. Yeah. You'll hear that, too. Well, when they did have those players, I remember Billy Donovan getting ripped. You know, oh, I can't believe this guy can't get the job done. Well, they blew they, the series up three games to one and, against Golden State. Right, and now all of a sudden he'd be the, the easy fix for all of the Sixers' problems. To me, the disconnect is clearly there. Right, I mean, you think that he's going to just walk in and be the difference maker, yet a handful of years ago he was getting shredded because he couldn't get the job done in OKC. So how is he automatically now just going to be the difference maker in changing the entire franchise and moving them to the, you know, it comes down to the players is, is what I'm well, getting at. If they at hired here. Billy Donovan, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, you made a horrible mistake. No, me neither. Me and neither. I don't think there's a name that I've heard that I think is a horrible mistake. The one guy 
um, you know, Ty Lue, he's won a championship. And a lot of people at the time questioned whether or not, you know, he even coached the team or was it LeBron. And now they're acting like if you bring Ty Lue here that he's going to change everything around because he coached. He's in a, Put it this way. He won an NBA championship. And that's how and people don't really want Ty Lue to be the coach. That's the hypocrisy of the fans who think the coach matters that much, but then give the coach no credit. If I told you the Sixers are hiring a coach who won an NBA championship and that doesn't push your pile, what coach would? Right. Like if you said, if you went down the list of everything Ty Lue has done with the coach but didn't say his name, most people would probably go, oh, wow, that's the type of coach we need. Someone who can go win an NBA title. He has experience. He did it. And and then you go, oh, yeah, by the way, it's Ty Lue. Ooh, I don't know if I really like what Ty Lue brings to the table. Whoa, whoa hold on a second. You told me that coaching is this big thing that, that is what's going to – I don't know. It, it just doesn't make sense to Ty me. Ty Lue is 128-83. and 83. He has won 60% of his games in the playoffs. He is 41-21. and 21. He has one NBA championship and two Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Pretty good resume. Right. So if you say that without putting out the name that it's Ty Lue, I think most fans would hop on board easily. Now, now uh, you can look at, do you think Mike Budenholzer gets gets uh, fired? I think there's a chance. I really do. Now, I'm not saying this because I think that should, you know, that he would be a good, you know, uh, a good replacement. But if you just looked at Budenholzer's resume, the guy won... 60 games twice, and this year, 56 games in a shortened season. So he was going to win 60 games again. He would have said, hey, I won 60 games three times. His record as an NBA coach is 213 and 197. In the playoffs, though, that's where his problems have come. He's 32 and 32, and I think you could say they have been disappointing. But this guy's won 60 games Three times. And if I didn't tell you the name and what, you know, and I just said, hey, you're getting a coach who's won 60 games three times. People are going to say, I don't want him. The one thing that was weird with him, though, is how do you play Giannis 34 minutes in a playoff game? Isn't that kind of weird? Some of these top dogs on the Bucks just not playing a significant amount of minutes in the playoffs. Which it seemed like they were playing weird. 48 minutes during a regular season game. Right. So, I mean, that is a little strange when it comes to minutes being played. That is something the coach can control the outcome of. How long you, We talk about how stars need to win games. Well, they need to be out there on the court to win the game. So, I do think that that's a little wonky when it comes to what he did this postseason. But, yeah, I mean, if he gets fired and the and the Sixers pick him up, that's a name that I would be intrigued and by. And by the way, Budenholzer is a two-time coach of the year. He won it when he was in Atlanta when they won 60 games back in 2014 and 15, and then they won it again in 2018 uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. But I don't think anybody would be excited if Mike Budenholzer got hired. I would be all right. I mean, I'd be all right with Billy Donovan, with him. I'd be all right. What what all right is, I don't have the answer for you. It's all right. We'll see what happens when the stars come back, and let's see if they're ready to play. Well, Budenholzer, That's what all right means. Budenholzer, I mean, I guess you could say he developed Giannis into the player that he's become. The problem is, the player that he's become, I don't know, and we'll talk to Keith Smith about this a little bit later on, is it becoming increasingly more obvious that the player that Giannis has become is not good enough to win a championship, even though he has developed from this very raw Ben Simmons-like player who basically did not shoot at all to this player who's now more willing to shoot, but he's still not a very good shooter, and that 
he can only get him so far if he doesn't have the right pieces around him. Well, the whole like that's to me when I'm taken out of last night, not last night, but this this Giannis thing with the Bucks over the last couple of years with Milwaukee, where man they've won sixty games this year, they won fifty six games. Now Budenholzer has been there two years. They won 60 games, and this year, 56 in 73 games. I mean, they were going to be well on their way to winning 60-plus games this year. It's a lot of wins that he's had in those two years. Now, the playoffs, of course, they have been not, but Giannis has been the MVP of the league two years in a row. So would you be willing to take the shot to say, I'll take my chance with Budenholzer turning Ben into a better player? Definitely. I, I do question, though, you know, we talk about how Giannis is willing so that's a positive thing. And Ben Simmons is unwilling. We would be okay with him taking a bunch of well, jumpers even if they don't go be, in. Is Giannis willing because of Budenholzer or is Giannis willing because of Giannis? I think that's Giannis, the biggest question. Oh, Giannis because of Giannis. But I bring up is willing even though it's not working out. The numbers aren't there. He's not a great shooter. Being willing, it might hurt your team more so than it does help your team. Because, yeah, sure, you're <laughs> willing, but you're not taking good shot selections. You're not doing anything that's actually helping the team. You're actually helping the other team because you're throwing up bricks. So we sit here and we go, you know, Ben, we really want you just to be a willing shooter. We don't care if it goes in. Are we seeing that happening with Giannis right now and seeing it be the reason why they're not successful? Because he's willing, yet he's not good at it. So it's, it's actually doing the opposite of what it should be doing. Well, if it turns into what happens with Giannis, I mean, he just unfortunately is not a good shooter. He's a willing shooter. He's not a very good shooter. That's think, a problem. Do you think Ben Simmons, do you see it possible where Ben Simmons is just as willing but better executing? Could you see him being a better three-point shooter from the corner than Giannis is when he walks up to the three-point yeah. line and just shooting? Because I can. Yeah. I definitely can. Giannis shot 30% from three this year. That's that's actually not even that horrendous, though. You know, like, if, you're, if, you're, if you saw it 35, you'd be like, oh, okay, you can do it that. 30, obviously, that's significantly less, but it's not 23, 24, which sometimes it feels that way when you watch him play the game. Now, in the playoffs this year, in, in the playoff uh, from three, he was 32%. So wow. he actually went up a little bit. That's actually not even that bad. I mean, it's not... Would you? You I think most people awful. listening right now. Here's the thing with Giannis, okay? And I've looked back. I wrote articles about this. I've looked at this closely because Giannis is kind of the one guy that I think is similar to what Ben does. He's a guy who's a seven foot guy who has the ball in his hand a lot. I think Ben's a better passer, a better uh, floor recognizer than he is. I think he's better than uh, Giannis in the point guard role. But Giannis plays a lot of point guard. The difference is the shooting. Giannis is a willing shooter. Ben is not. If you look at Giannis's first couple years in the league, though, he just flat out did not shoot threes. I mean, the first year in his rookie year, he shot one three a game. His second year, that went down to a half a three a game. His third year was one three a game. Now in his fourth year, which is what Ben is going into, he went up to two. That went down to 1.9. Last year, it was 2.8. So he never attempted more than three in a game until this year he was at 4.7. So people say, like, well, Ben's not shooting. Ben won't shoot. Giannis wasn't shooting either. He just now has started to crank off about four and a half per game. His best three-point percentage 
was this year 30%. If you told me Ben Simmons is shooting 30 to 32% from three, I'm taking that any day of the week. Right. It does seem a lot worse than that when you watch him play because there, there's some bricks, there's some air balls, there's some ugliness involved. But when you see the numbers, 30 32%, that really is, is not disgustingly vomit-worthy by any means. <laughs> right, and you go and look at Giannis's progression as a scorer. People talk about Ben. He's just a guy. He doesn't score. Giannis, I don't think anybody would call Giannis just a guy. He can't shoot, but his scoring... This is where he has evolved. If you look at Ben, his first couple years in the league, he's been a better player than Giannis was in his first couple years. Giannis scored 7 points, 12, 17, 23, and then his, and now into his fifth year is when he finally made that jump into a score where he was at 26, 27, and this year 29. So it took Giannis five years to really become – a 20-point-a-game scorer. So Ben is, you want to make the comparison, he is further along in his third season than Giannis was in his first three and fourth year now. So you're telling me that there's not instant results as soon as you draft someone first overall? How shocking. It takes time for people to grow. How well, shocking. But Mike, so the reason I bring this up, my question really is, if Mike Budenholder was available, and I think there's a possibility after watching the Bucks go down again, although he's only been there two years, it feels like he's been there longer. I don't know that they get rid of him, though, after two years, or they decide, you know what, he's got us as far as we can go. It's time to well, get how like, much, is he Mark Jackson now, right? How much is in on Giannis and what he does? Exactly. Well, how much does Giannis say, I don't, I think this is a, but my question really is, did Giannis develop over the last couple of years, really? His two years where he really took off as a three-point guy and a scorer is when Budenholzer got there. Before that, Jason Kidd was the coach. He was not much of a scoring. He was not much of a shooter, and he was not much of a scorer. It can't help to have someone who has experience with an individual who doesn't shoot much, right? So you look at Giannis, who wasn't shooting when he came into Milwaukee, and now look at what he's being able to do. So I only see a track record of working with a player who has a similar skill set of Ben Simmons and him becoming a 30 to 32% from three type scorer. I mean, how can you be upset with that? Well, you got people who look at Giannis as the best player in the league, which, okay, he's winning the MVP. MVP, second year in a row. Right, and the Bucks can't find a way to get out of the second round. Why would you want that type of coach? Well, because it's on Giannis and these players to figure it out more so than the coach. Do they just not? I mean, I have said over the last two years, the Bucks don't bother me that much. I don't think they have good enough talent around well, Giannis. What about Eric Bledsoe? He, he played Well, poorly. they chose Bledsoe over Brogdon. Yeah, that was a but, mistake. But my point is, is the roster really that good no, to that's the seriously problem. compete? Dude, that, and that's their problem. Giannis is an MVP of the league player. The guys around him, though, are just okay. Like, Middleton's a nice player. He's a low-level all-star. The rest of those guys... It's just role players. I mean, that roster, it's anybody. And if you listen to us, me over the years, the last two years with this Bucks team, I've never really been that worried about playing the Bucks because they just don't have a deep playoff roster. They have a bunch of just guys. And Giannis out there, he has basically no help. And I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think at 25 he's ready to really take that step and put the team on the back to that insane degree. And that's another great point is we forget that Giannis is 25 years old and we want this guy who's the MVP of the league and 
to all of a sudden start winning championships. And it's like, look, it took a lot of these great players to be like 28. Remember, Michael Jordan, Magic, those guys, uh, Bird, they weren't entering the league at 19 years old like a lot of these kids are. They were 22, 23. So while they were in their fifth and sixth and seventh year, they were about 28, 29, 30. Well, now he's going into, what, his eighth year coming up, and he's going to be 26. I still think you see him has some struggles figuring out what to do when teams change their defense on him because he doesn't shoot, he's not a great shooter, and if he's not shooting well, eh, you got a problem because the rest of his team's just not good enough. I also think people forget how hard it is to actually win this thing. I, I mean, Kevin Durant, we talk about how lethal of a scorer he is, how dominant he is, at his body frame, the ability to put the ball on the floor and just randomly pick it up for a mid-range jumper and shoot off the dribble. It, it's literally insane what he can do. He only won joining Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He hasn't won yet when he put the team on his back and he was the guy and he dominated that playoff run. He did it with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Yeah, That's what it took at his age to go do it. He has yet to actually do it himself. That's a good point. Well, you know, you're right about that. He did win the MVP of both those finals, so I'll give him credit for that. I, I get but it, but it helps when you're, you're right. No, yeah. you're right that... He had Russell Westbrook, who is many people consider a top 20 player in the league. So it was Durant and Westbrook, and he wasn't good enough to get them over the top and win a championship with, with him and Westbrook. Um, so I don't know. I thought last night when Billy Donovan, when that news came out, I mean, it was everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. My Twitter feed just had Sixers, Billy Donovan, go get him. Mine had Alec Boom. <laughs> <laughs> And then the report from Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer said that that name has been floating around the Sixers. Is that why they didn't pull the trigger on Ty Lue yet? Were they waiting to see, hey, let's see what happens with these playoffs? Because I said two weeks ago, you can go check my Twitter feed about Billy Donovan. And people were like, dude, he's not getting fired. I'm like, I didn't say he was getting fired. I said if Oklahoma City loses and they decide it's exactly what's happening here. They wanna, they've want they been in the luxury tax with this roster for so long. I think they want to get back out of that luxury tax area and maybe start rebuilding that team. I think they thought this year was going to be a down year. They ended up having a good year. I don't know. Just, dude, How many first-round picks do they have, too? They are they've made a lot of trades. with draft picks. Yeah. The big thing is going to be this Chris Paul. I mean, I think, you know, and Kevin, um, Kevin McCormick wrote an article on our website about it, about a Horford for, for Chris Paul swap. If you got Billy Donovan, now keep in mind, Donovan also coached Horford in college, so he does know Al Horford pretty well. He might not want to part with Al Horford. I don't know. You look at what Oklahoma City's done and then look at the Sixers roster. Does this look like a roster that is built for what Oklahoma City has done over the last couple of years? Eh, I don't know. I mean, they have Steven Adams, who's really a banger, more so than what Joel Embiid is. If you could get Chris Paul for Al Horford and, of course, throwing in some other pieces – I would absolutely do that. I would well, absolutely Well, the big thing with Paul that. is he's making 40 plus million next year and then he has a player option for over 40 million the following year. But it would be those two seasons compared to the long yeah. Al Horford contract. Yep, absolutely. 609-403-0973 609-403-0973. The text board is open. We'll open up the phones as well. 609-573-3776 609-573 Three seven seven six. Is there a name, an avail, an available coach that interests you right now? Do you think there is a guy available that will change the culture and 
turn this Sixers thing from being a third seed that wins 50-plus games to that next level. I don't know that that guy's available. Do you? I don't know. Is it Billy Donovan? Is it Ty Lue? Is it Mike Budenholzer if he ends up getting um, released or parts ways is what happens a lot now in the NBA with the Bucks. I don't know that Budenholzer is going to be available. I just was thinking about because they got beat. Yeah. They've won 60 games. And they keep they seem to keep losing in the same form where they just don't have enough around Giannis. That's not Budenholzer's fault as much as that team just not it's hard for them. They can't bring free agents to Milwaukee. So they have to they found it's Middleton. Great, no, they that's got, a great point. It they really got is. lucky with Middleton, you know, that, but and then point. Lopez was a nice find for them. But Brooke Lopez can't be your third guy or Bledsoe. Yeah, you can argue that he did a hell of a job getting what they got out of Lopez. Go to Glenn and EHT. You're on 97.3. What's up, Glenn? Yo, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Yo, Glenn. Everything's good. Yeah, you brought up my man there, uh, brought up that Durant never done it by himself. When he went to Golden State, to me, he got in the driver's seat, took the keys. He was the man. Curry was Curry's great. Clay is great. But Durant definitely was the man there. He Just, hey, just because a player doesn't stay somewhere because a team doesn't bring enough around them, and he goes somewhere else and plays with better players. I don't demean him at all. I mean, Westbrook, people think he's great. Dude, he knew he can't win with him. And it's, it's showing up in Houston, too. Westbrook, good. He's a good player. Yeah. But you ain't winning with him. He's too erratic. He's too inconsistent. So, oh, and, and I mentioned, Durant Glenn, that Durant that. won the MVP of both those finals. So he did, oh, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah. My my right. point with it was, you know, it's just so it's so hard to win that a talent like Kevin Durant He's so good, and he's so elite that even Russell Westbrook couldn't even help him win it. He needed more talent than that, and that's just, it shows how hard it is to really win an NBA title. Yeah, and the thing with Ben, what Ben doesn't have that Giannis has to me is the want to, the aggressiveness. Even though Giannis can't shoot or he's, that's definitely not the strong point of his game. When he gets around the rim, that's buckets. That's money. He gets to the rim with a reckless abandon. Yeah. Ben don't do that. Once in a while, he comes down in transition and he dunks the ball. He ain't dunking on nobody. Come on now. Ben well, don't have uh, that. And, and I, I, look, have. Glenn, I've said many times that the difference is Giannis is a willing shooter where Ben right now is not even close to a willing shooter. Giannis isn't a good shooter. He's a willing shooter. But you got to keep in mind, that age difference where Giannis, a couple of years ago, he was not a good finisher. He's only become a good finisher in the last two years. Well, when, when I start to see that dominance out of Ben, I, then I'll start well, to I'm believe that they, I don't I, know what I, makes you even see that. All right, well, I'm saying if you, if you were to look at Giannis at the same point of their careers, you would say, I don't know what you see in this Giannis guy. He's very unpolished. He doesn't shoot. He, does, he was scoring 16 points a game, and then he's gone from 16 to 30. I don't know, but I just think there was still a lot more want to with his progression. Than and I will, and, and Glenn, that's where we will agree on this conversation. And appreciate the call as always, pal. I think there's certainly more want to in Giannis than there is Ben. My question is, was the want to not there a couple of years ago, and then Budenholzer get it out of them? I don't think that's the case. But there's a lot of people out there who will say the coach Brett Brown's fault. He didn't get Ben to do this. I don't know. Are you now telling me that Mike Budenholzer got this out of Giannis? I think Giannis got it out of Giannis. But you did bring up a good point there. A couple of years ago, you see 16 points per game. I don't think you see this 
in in the future. You don't look at Giannis a couple years back and go, you know what he's going to be in two years? I know exactly what he's going to be. He's going to be a 32% shooter from three in the playoffs. He's going to be a 29-point-per-game type scorer. You would never say that. And that's why with Ben Simmons, you got to realize that just because he's, I think he averages around 18 points per game, uh, ben Simmons does right now. Two years from now, if he's giving you a 25-26, that can be in play. You're seeing that happen right now with Giannis. You just need to allow Ben Simmons to do that and, and the aggression to go to the rim. You do see it. You just don't see it enough, and that's what you're hoping well, comes ben, out of him. All right, so Ben is 16 points this year, okay, 16.9 last year, okay. and 15.8. Okay, so, so similar. His, his first three years, 21, 22, and 23. If you go to Giannis's 21, 22, and 23-year-old seasons, Giannis averaged 16.9, 22.9, and 26.9. We do, we do need more but points keep per in game out of Ben. Giannis played two seasons before he got to those ages, so he had two years of NBA experience. So Ben going into his 24-year-old, now I would think this year, Giannis went from 16.9 to 22.9. I think Ben is going to have to go from about 16 up to around 20. This is where he's got to make that progression to get himself up around 20. I would even like to see him around 22 because that would mean that he is getting to the line more. The big difference between Giannis and Ben, he talks about the will and the want. Ben still only shoots five free throws a game, and Giannis is up to 10. He started, now his career was not a three-throw guy. He was 2.6, 4.3, 5.17, 8.9, and now he's up to 10. Ben has to make his, he has to get from five, and he has to get it somewhere up by around. If he's not going to shoot the three, just like Giannis, he's got to get around 10. So once again, you're telling me that it takes years for players to learn themselves in this league and grow and add to their game? Shocking news. It takes time. Sadly, you know, I wish I could snap my fingers and the Sixers go win an NBA title and Ben Simmons starts becoming this dominant force right out the bat. But sadly, it takes a little bit of time for these players to, to grow into their own. I will tell you. I will tell you. This year, I'm going to be much more critical of Joel because he's now entering that fifth year and he should start turning a corner and make another jump. And Ben, microscope's going to be on you a lot more too because you're going to have a new coach. Both of these guys, a new coach. Oh, it was all the coach's fault. Well, now you bring in a new coach, and if you still don't make that next jump, it goes to you. Oh, I think so, absolutely. I think it's fair to be a little more harsh. They put us through some emotional times over this last year. Sports Bash is brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call. Four convenient locations to serve. You visit them online, gmslaw.com. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Jason Fitz later on today. Start of the NFL season tomorrow, NBA playoffs, baseball coming down the stretch. we got headlines. Jeff Mosher has football at four. Some news at Eagles practice today. Some good news and some bad news. Keep it locked for that. Keith Smith will join us to talk a little basketball. John Clayton will preview the NFL season tonight at 5 o'clock, and it's our Fine Five, Ugly Five preseason edition. We are just getting started. It's a Wednesday edition of the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app. We never stop. Give us a NBA head coach that you'd like to see with the Sixers. Billy Donovan's name now uh, floating around the Sixers. That was the report last night from Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer. And then I saw Sam Amick from The Athletic also hearing that Billy Donovan the Sixers are interested there. I'd be interested. I mean, I'm just not going 
Yeah, we got our guy! Right, I would agree completely. It would be a nice ad, you know? It would be nice, but I'm not just so juiced up I can't a, fall asleep. Do you have a favorite? Do you have the guy that you want? No. There's not, like... No, because in this league, there's only, like, two or three guys where I look at and goes, huh, they would really make a difference. Other than that, the rest of them are just, for the most part, guys. Uh, Robin Marmora, text board, says, I question Ben's love of the game. I don't question Giannis's passion for improving his craft. Can't win in this league without being able to shoot. Well, see, I think that's unfair. What do you mean you question his love for the game? He doesn't love the game of basketball? Yeah, I don't know if, like, if he means the, the pat, like... To get better. The want to get better. Yeah. I, look, like, does Ben have this arrogance about him that he's good enough? I think that if you look closely, you can see that he has clearly added to his game. It just might not be to the extreme Well, he just got named first year. team all defense. Yeah, he is an elite, elite defender. And it's, it blows my mind that in this city, it's almost as if, eh, who cares that Ben's an elite defender? He needs to do way more offensively. In this city... In this city, you're not recognizing elite defense? It's almost as if, well, we expect him to do that. Well, why? You you just expect it? Do you expect TJ McConnell to play elite defense? Do you expect all, all these other guys to just play elite defense? No. That's part of his game. That's part of it. That's so beautiful. In this city, you're not giving that enough credit. That's right. pretty crazy to me. I mean, he's like Aaron Rowan out there. Oh, he's way better than Aaron <laughs> Rowan. But even with the offense, uh, the three-point shooting – it's not enough in these games, but when you watch him actually do it, if you don't see the progression that he once had three years ago to where he is now taking that comfortable three-point uh, shot from the corner, then I don't know if you're looking closely enough. It's just not an extreme huge jump, but the jump is there year by year. It's just not extreme. Well, if you just look straight at numbers, you would say the jump's not there. That's the difference. Well, you got to go a little bit deeper than numbers. Because I think the numbers sometimes can be skewed. Yeah, I mean, scoring-wise, Ben's scoring average actually went down this year from last year. Yeah, but he also led the league in three-point assists on a team that barely could find spacing on the floor, which is huge. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a big problem that the Bucks don't have that the Sixers do have. Giannis has a team built around him that while they're not a great deep team, they have a lot of guys who fit the roles perfectly around Giannis. You got Chris Middleton, a really good shooter. You've got Lopez, a really good shooter for the position that he plays. He stretches out and plays that five spot. Um, you know, uh, DiVincenzo came in and he's a good shooter. I mean, they have guys who Ben does not have that trusty old guy that he can kick it out to that's going to be. Now, that being said, he led the league in three point assist this season. And, you know, that Milwaukee team, though, you remember when the Sixers had Ilyasova. He's on the box. You've got guys who their one job is to catch and shoot threes. I just thought about this. Is it weird that this season upcoming, you got to transition your mindset. Over the last couple of years, it was, can they make the NBA Finals run? We got sucked into thinking Al Horford, Josh Richardson, this whole thing would mesh, and it's been abysmal. This upcoming year... I can't go into the season thinking NBA Finals like I did the last couple of seasons. I think you need to tamper your expectations a bit. Is it fair to go into this season and demand an NBA Finals run again? I mean, it's just, to me, I don't think they're there. Well, and I had said once this whole quote-unquote process had kind of ended, once they kind of got like past like, hey, we're losing games, we're going to get draft picks, 
that, okay, once you kind of identified your centerpieces, that it was still going to take another five to eight years somewhere in there. You're not going to win a championship overnight. The problem is because they did what they did, people wanted ultimately immediate results. This is really the – this is going into what, the third – the fourth year? When, was it, when did they win 28 games? Was that three years ago? Yeah, it seems like three years ago. So this yes. is the third year. Next season would be the fourth season kind of out of that process mode. If you're expecting to win a championship within those first four years of that, eh, I, I would say think this roster is capable the, of doing that. The right problem now. was you went from the third seed two years in a row and then dropped to the sixth seed. But, I mean, this 2020 so wonky. I, I can't make it a definitive. But the coach got fired. Now you move on. I think now they have this next year. And, you know, until Ben and Joel are, are still here in their primes, those years are still looking at, hey, you got two pieces that you can hope to win a championship with those two guys. Yeah, but if you're telling me that Shake Milton is playing these minutes, that's not going to work. We talk about this Bucks roster right now. While they have Giannis, who is a phenomenal piece, are they constructed properly to really get the job done? And if we're going to be throwing out Shake Milton again and Furkan Korkmaz is a guy you got to try because you don't have any spacing, it comes down to the roster. While I do agree, and, and I'm a firm believer, and you have to have those superstars to actually win, one, I don't think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is there yet, and two, even if they were there, I think they would struggle because the roster, you do need other pieces involved in the championship, and Shake Milton isn't it, although I'm intrigued with his skill set. I don't think it's starting point guard in an NBA title type ceiling for him the roster's not good enough so if they go into the same if they go into next season with the same exact roster and they don't move on from an Al Horford guess what I'm going into next season just thinking yeah we'll see what happens in in a playoff run but I don't expect an NBA title 609-403-0973 on the playsugarhouse.com text board 609-573 Three seven seven six. Yeah, it was 2016-17 season. The Sixers won 28 games. So since then, you know, they won 52-51. And then this year, the problem was they dropped down from where they were. They were kind of, Arrow was pointing up. Now Arrow looks like it's pointing down. That's where I think the, the problem becomes. And you had two three, uh, three seeds and second round exits. So essentially... There were, people are looking at, is that progress now stifled? But is that because of who's on the roster, more yeah. so than the two guys? Well, it's all-encompassing, true, yeah. I don't know. I mean, did they have good enough? You can look at the team with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris last year and wonder, was that the team? Are they ever going to have a team as good as that moving forward? It's a great question. Rich in Ocean City. What's up, Rich? Yeah, hey, I'm Ben Simmons. I Comparing uh, to Giannis, uh, the difference is Giannis has never had another dominant offensive player, so you can't the numbers you can't compare. I'm not saying Ben's a thirty point scorer, but when Joel's out of the lineup, Ben's average is up to twenty two, twenty three, twenty four a game. Mm-hmm. Now Giannis don't have to really share the ball; he does, which is very good at it. But he's the focal point. Well, I also think right, they've built that, that offense around his skill set. Well, the offense stinks. I mean, Brett Brown, I've been watching season ticket holder since Noel's been playing high post for them who couldn't shoot a foul shot. So that offense has stunks from day one. 
But uh, the other well, the point, is, the, the point I'm making is that they don't have a second guy that they need to try. Like, which guy does any coach pick to build an offense around? Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? He's got to try to fit it around both guys. Oh, it has to be around Embiid down on the post, which we all say, and they're kind of effective when he is down there. But he kind of floats at the top of the key all, all game. The other thing with Ben's heart, you don't get all defensive player or first team without having hard and hustle. That's a good point. I mean, a lot of people have athletic ability, but they're not all first team defensive players. Yeah. So, question is hard. His demeanor is different. His demeanor is very calm, cool, collective. You know what I mean? He don't show any emotion. So that's where I think you get the thing that he don't really care. Yeah, he's got the Bobby but Abreu syndrome. Oh yeah, absolutely. You look at Abreu's stats are ridiculous, but nobody. I, my brother threw me a stat the other day when they're comparing Dick Allen's stats for nine years, and Abreu dominated him, granted, different stage, different era, but I couldn't guess who that person's stats was. I forgot he even played for the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, the guy you know? who everybody couldn't stand because he, everything he did was so effortlessly, you know? Oh, yeah, it, showed, it didn't seem like he was hustling or anything. Next thing he has 30 steals, 25 home runs, 100 RBIs. Yeah. You know, but anyway, with the Ben Simmons, I get tired of hearing, you know, people – you know, I I don't want to see him go anywhere because I you know the Sixers, but I'd love to see him go somewhere and then just be the main focal point and then turn in your twenty two, twenty four, ten rebounds. Well, I'll tell you, you six. just said something, Richo, and I appreciate the call. You know, he said, "Oh, season ticket holder, been to the games, offense stinks." We'll see if a new coach gets more out of these guys offensively. I mean, do you think all of a sudden new coach comes in, snap finger, and all of a sudden Ben Simmons is twenty three point a game scorer? Joel Embiid, you know, that they both fit together. Asking the new coach to fit these two guys in, I think it's easier said than done. I know, you know, the guy says, oh, the offense stinks. I think it's easier said than done to figure out an offense for these two guys. Absolutely. Not just these two guys. I mentioned the whole entire roster. Where does Al Horford fit? What do you do with him? You know, what is Josh Richardson going to do when he's out there? Is he just going to be a stand-and-shoot guy? Well, guess what? I don't think he's very good at just being a stand-and-shoot guy So or a catch-and-shoot guy. I don't think that that's what suits him best. I, Quite frankly, I don't know where Josh Richardson fits on this team right now. So I thought he made a lot of great points. The one thing I do want to counter just a bit is the whole Joel Embiid out by the perimeter thing in 2020 basketball. That's what makes him so good, right? It's the ability to actually be out there and still be effective, too. Yep. That's what Jokic does. That's I know what we'll Anthony Davis does. We'll That's see what... if the next coach decides if Embiid is just a pure post guy. Because a lot of people would say you can't win in 2020 basketball with a guy just scoring twos on the block. And that stops Ben Simmons from being able to drive the lane because you're kind of packing the paint down when you do that. The reason why he has to camp out there which is because it, of Ben Simmons. Which makes it so difficult to figure out Who's this offense built around? The guy who can't shoot but needs to slash down the lane or the guy who needs the ball in the post and clogs the lane up for the guy who needs to slash down the lane? You got to do both. Brought to you by East Coast Roofing Siding Windows, serving all of South Jersey. If you call, they'll show up. Visit them online at eastcoastroofing.com. At Mike Gill Show on Twitter, at Broads81. Follow us there. Get interactive. Hit us up on the text board, 609-403-0973. Download the free mobile app. Take the conversation with you everywhere you go. Don't forget the Sports Bash podcast wherever you download. Jersey's number one sports radio talk show, The Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN-FM. All right, five rewind. Yesterday was uh, Phillies related for the most part, right? 
And there was uh, some basketball in there. Yeah, there was some basketball. Uh, I asked if the Phillies win both games. You said no. I'm disappointed in the Phillies. I was actually pissed off. Pissed. You can see my reaction. This is hot garbage. Yeah. 97.3 ESPN.com. You can see my reaction. I I was disgusted. You can't split with that team. That team's garbage. And the fact that uh, Davey uh, grew on uh, had the big hit for the Red Sox. Yeah. and uh, What happened to your Pavetta matchup? Right. So they changed it all up. I was so upset. I wanted to see it. They switched it up. That was projected to be the two starters. Yeah, so one of my questions that I answered, I think, is null and void. Yep, but technically you weren't right, so you're wrong. Right? Well, well all right. What was the first question? The question I got was, right. who, well, actually, I said who pitches longer, Vinny V or Nick Pavetta? You said Nick Pavetta. Technically, Vinny V pitched longer. Yeah, technically. Right? By default, you gave here. me a pitcher who didn't actually pitch. <laughs> but he was planned to pitch. It was right before the game that I realized he wasn't. Apparently, a couple hours before the game, that was uh, announced that the pitching did change. But at the time, you know, I asked if the the Heat were going to close out the series. You were correct. We're yeah, which see, sparked uh, a big conversation today about uh, you know the Heat are in the finals. Are you happy for Butler? Yeah, yeah. Like there's people like you know. A lot of times when the guy chooses to leave, he doesn't want to play in Philly, screw him. Are you happy for Butler? Yeah, I am. I like Jimmy Butler's attitude. I think he's a fraud, but I respect his fraudness. Well, his fraudness, you know, we all, everybody when he signed there was like, oh, you took the money. You don't have a chance to win with that team. Well, how old is he? He's 30. Okay. Somewhere around there, 30, 31. Yeah, he's 30. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? How long has it taken him to get to a spot like this? Long time. I wonder why. Now he's the dog. Now he's the leader of the team. He's 30 years old. I think there's something to be said about him being 30 and now taking this team on a rock. The alternative, though, is look at the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum is kind of being that guy, and he's not at that age, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's outliers, and I'm not going to just build my franchise over the outliers. I'm going to choose historically what gets team places. Well, they have a lot of good players. They do. They, they do. have a lot of good they players. They do. And, but they're all, like, young, though. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like they have that 30-year-old guy. Kemba Walker? Well, that's true. He's kind of getting up there. I'd say late 20s. I'll look up his age right now. It's I remember yesterday, just like that UConn shot that overplays in my head. He's 30 years old. Yeah, so he's right at that age, 30. But I would say it's more Walker. Tatum than Walker is. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, oh, no question. Not a doubt. Okay. Just saying they have Kemba Walker is a very good player. Tatum's a very good player. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, I don't think he's thirty yet, but he's probably uh, Jalen Brown was no, the number three Yeah, he's pretty young. I mean, he's in his mid twenties. Yeah, well he was the number three pick and that was man, that what year was that? That was the Embiid year. What no, 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 uh, no. couldn't have been the Embiid year. Embiid Why do I want great. to say it was the Ben Simmons year? Might have been. Yeah, I think it was. Yep. I think it was. So he's probably about twenty five. Yeah, 24. he was drafted in twenty sixteen. He is 23 years old. Wow, he's yeah. young. Yeah, he is young. I know. It's scary to think about. I asked you if LeBron James would have over 26 points. He had 36 points. And why does it look like What did I say? I said he's been scoring about 36 every game. Yeah, but he's playing as if he's 18 years old. Dude, he had one of the best games I've ever seen him play last Isn't night. Isn't it The blocks, the rejections, all of it. I mean, he's getting How many back. more years do you think he plays? 30. <laughs> I love it. I hope he plays thirty more. Um, he, he's tremendous. Though. I don't know. You what... See the 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 video of uh, it was some old guy like chugging around. It was like Josh McCown at Eagles. Yeah, Friday. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, he's like uh, it might have been flag football or something. He had the football. I mean, the guy in his was head. like eighty years. Eighty. Old. I was thinking he was like ninety two out yeah. there. LeBron, sixty years old out there dunking. I think he plays. 
I mean, uh, at least 40, right? He wants to play with his son. I do know that. That's think, something that he did talk about. think about how sad it is to think that LeBron's, what, 36? Yeah. 37? No, I don't think he's 37 yet. He's in that 35, 36 range. That he may only have three or four more seasons left. Playing at this rate, though? If he's, he's 35, LeBron? Yeah. Oh, okay, that he's, would give him about five more years. I'd say he's got years. five more years. Let's go. I love it. I'm such a LeBron's man. It just sucks now, though. Being a LeBron's man when he plays for the Cavs, it's way easier than when he's playing with the Lakers. You got all these fraud Lakers fans from around this area. It's like the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah, you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, I'm sure you've been to LA how many times? Oh zero. Yeah, nice. It just it sucks. I can't get into the Lakers with the white jerseys either. You don't like the white? No, it's yellow, man. I'm surprised with you. You would think keeping it simple. You got white, and that's an easy road to go down. I'm just saying, like the Lakers are the purple and the gold. You, you, you got to keep those They also two. have black jerseys. I don't too. like either one of them. You don't like the black? No. You don't even like the Eagles black, nope. so that's the first problem. I have. like the classic purple and gold for the Lakers. When they were wearing the white jerseys last night, I'm like, it's a playoff game. you, you got to go classic Lakers. Well, you're 26-14. and 14. What was the other? Wasn't there one I one? asked you who was going to win, Lakers or Rockets. You said Lakers. So you're 26-14 and 14 on the season. Softballs. This is ridiculous. All right, coming up, Jason Fitz. We'll talk to him about Billy Donovan, the NBA head coaching search, NFL week one, Thursday night, right here on 97.3. Jeff Mosher, football at four. A lot of notes right now, a lot of news on our website, 97.3 ESPN.com. Check it out from Eagles practice today.